today on Lawyers Rising. You know, the negatives of being an attorney really have more to do with the practice setting that the attorney is in rather than necessarily being an attorney. Hello and welcome. I'm joined today by the founder and chief executive of BCG Attorney Search, Harrison Barnes. Harrison, good morning. Good morning. Well, today we're going to talk about the reasons why there's no better profession than practicing law. You know, in the past, I think we've kind of spoken about some of the more negative aspects about the profession. Um, Maybe we should start off just like focusing on that point before we get to the good stuff. Why do you think there are so many, I I don't know, negative aspersions out there in the public consciousness about the practice of law and and being a lawyer? Well, I mean, I I think there's a a bunch of different things. I mean, I think that, uh, you know, people don't like the hours. The hours can be bad. The, um, you know, there's, there's a lot of stress associated with it. Um, you know, people, I mean, there's, there's all sorts of issues. I think that people have with practicing law that, um, you know, are, are negative, you know, also just, you know, becoming an attorney is difficult. Uh, the personality of a lot of attorneys is difficult. Uh, you know, people don't like the, the personality of a lot of attorneys, uh, you know, because they're, you know, they could twist words against people and so forth. And, uh, you know, so it's just, it's a difficult profession in all respects. I mean, uh, but, you know, one of the things that I've noticed is, uh, you know, the people that really are able to get into it over the long run, uh, you know, actually, you know, like it and enjoy it. It's just, I think like anything, you know, there's, there's a high barrier to entry to being good at it and, uh, you know, to getting into it kind of on the full time. But if you can do that, uh, you know, people end up doing very well. Let's talk about that, starting with one of the first reasons why it is a good profession to get into, and that is the money. I mean, it might be a little gauche to concentrate on, but I mean, everyone knows that, that you can make a really good living practicing law. Can you concentrate on that point for a little bit and just explain how good and, and why? Yeah, well, I think there's a couple points to the money issue. I think that, uh, you know, in terms of the money, I think that uh, the money is, is, can be very good uh, at the upper levels of the profession. Uh, you know, and at the upper, at the lower levels of the profession, you can be very good too if you're if you have your own kind of practice. But the the reason the money is very good is because the 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 barrier to entry just isn't that high to becoming an attorney. I mean, you need to go to school and do some other things, but uh, you know, in terms of the money that you can make, it it's, it's very very high compared to a lot of other professions. I mean, um, you know, the average national salary an attorney is over a hundred thousand dollars a year, and then. In, you know, big cities. I mean, it's 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 over 120,000, and that's just you know today's uh, you know market. And then if you work in a big firm, I mean, it's it's even more than that. I think it's over 100, you know, 70 or 80. So, you know, you can make a lot of money, and uh, anybody can go to law school. Uh, you know, you can uh, you know even if you don't have great grades in college, you don't do that well in the LSAT. There's always law schools you can get into, and that's certainly not the case with something like being a doctor or um, you know, or getting into a competitive engineering program or something along those lines. So the money is very good, uh, you know, and, uh, you know, it's, it's better than uh, most professions. You know, the other thing about being a lawyer, it's interesting. There's almost kind of a, a, a bit of a, a bifurcation between the reaction of, of the public. There, there's kind of negative aspects and jokes about being a lawyer, but there's also a lot of respect for being a lawyer. When people hear that you have gone to law school and, and are a practicing lawyer, you can you can command the respect, respect of 
members of society, mostly. Can you talk a little bit about that and uh, that, that interesting kind of split that's out there? Well, yeah. I mean, if you say you're an attorney, I mean, the perception is that you, you know, you earn a pretty decent living. Uh, you know, if you say you're a salesperson, people just have no idea if you do or not. Or if you say you're a teacher, people may assume you don't make a good living. And uh, so people assume you make a good living. Uh, they also assume that, you know, you know how to get things done, uh, you know, with the government and with laws, uh, you know, and that you can't be taken advantage of as well. And, uh, you know, so it, 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 it does have respect associated with it, uh, you know, and, um, you know, most of the, you know, the power in government and, uh, you know, and, and so forth is, is, is attorneys. And, uh, you know, so attorneys do have a lot of respect. And um, also, you know, the idea that they can represent people that are wrong and, 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 and help them, you know, uh, you know, I don't get this in a large city like, you know, uh, Los Angeles at all. Uh, but, uh, and especially where I live in Malibu, but, you know, in smaller markets, if you say you're an attorney I and mean, people think it's a huge deal and, and everyone talks about it. And, and you know, and I, I've seen it when I visit their relatives around, you know, in smaller markets around the country. I mean, everyone's asking for legal advice and so forth, which is crazy because I haven't practiced law in over 20 years. So lawyers are very respected in, in most parts of the country. Um, you know, maybe not in uh, as much in the larger areas like Washington, D.C., where kind of everybody's an attorney. Uh, but for most parts of the country, I mean, being a lawyer is a very big deal. You know, part of the reason that you can make such a good living at being a lawyer is that, you know, the, the business is always in demand. And in some respects, you're re- kind of protected from competition as well. Can you talk a little bit about that, about um, about why passing the bar really gives you a, a license to start a unique kind of business? Right. Well, you know, if, if you want to start most types of businesses, anybody can start them. And uh, the thing about being an attorney is, you know, it it gives you kind of a license to start a business, which is really cool. I mean, a a law degree is essentially a business license, uh, which, you know, people don't really think about. And in order to open that type of business, I mean, you need to pass a complex exam. You need to, in most states, go to law school for three years. So, you know, you do have a business license. Anybody can open open this business. I mean, there's no barrier to entry. I mean, you can start advertising on buses or, you know, saying that you do one type of work and the public will come to you and, um, you know, rely on you for help. So it is a business license and it's a difficult to get business license. And one of the interesting things about this business license is, you know, like all businesses, I mean, you can kind of choose where to open it. And, you know, in, uh, you know, I run a, a placement firm, but, you know, we get calls, you know, regularly, like, you know, once every, uh, you know, maybe six months or so from attorneys in different parts of the state where there's just not a lot of people actually looking for us to find someone to come in and take over the practice, you know, and you'd be like, well, how much money do you make a year? And they'll say, well, I don't know, $250,000. Well, $250,000 in, in a small town, you know, is, is a lot of money, you know, so that's a good business. And, you know, with, with no, with the, the only thing you need to enter it is, is a law degree. It's just crazy, you know, and believe it or not. I mean, when we do get calls like that, we can't find people to go, take, you know, to move to those areas because everyone wants to live in, you know, big areas. I mean, it's not easy, but um, it's pretty cool. I mean, it's pretty cool having a business license like that. And that's something that just people don't really consider. And, and that's one of the reasons why, I mean, there's, you know, there's not a lot of people, there, there may be a lot of lawyers in certain major markets and cities, but in, in most markets, there aren't um, as many people that you're competing with. 
I have to imagine another aspect of the work that is so compelling is the fact that you get to do interesting stuff. You get to talk to interesting people and work on interesting parts of the law. Um, was that your experience when you worked as a lawyer? Yeah, I mean, I talked to a lot of very interesting people. I mean, uh, before my first day of work, you know, I was like you know, living in an apartment in downtown Los Angeles. And, uh, you know, I walked down to the, you know, the, there was a little store downstairs and I bought the Wall Street Journal and I, um, you know, sat in the jacuzzi in the, you know, kind of the public area, uh, reading the, um, you know, the Wall Street Journal, which, by the way, is nice. I mean, what kind of job can you, you know, when you're, I was working in northern Michigan, working for a judge and just mailed out some resumes and got all these jobs in Los Angeles, which I thought was kind of cool to move from, you know, just an awful area of the country <laughs> <laughs> to, uh, uh, it really was. I mean, it was just, it was just a bizarre area. I mean, uh, and just to give you a, a, about how awful the, the place I lived in was, I mean, I shouldn't even talk about this. It's, it's, it's kind of funny. There's this nice old lady that opened this store selling um, angels, you know, like little angel uh, decorations and so forth. And she was so proud of it. And it was right down the street from me. And, um, and anyway, so, someone came in uh, like a, and just, you know, stabbed her, you know, just, I mean, it's just a horrible area of the country. It's called Bay city. And, um, you know, it's just, anyway, so I'm living in this area of the country and, um, and I just, you know, applied to some jobs in Los Angeles and, um, and then suddenly I'm sitting in this whirlpool, you know, in, in the fall and uh, getting ready to start. And I, and I read a couple of stories, you know, on the front page of the Wall Street Journal and I went into work the next day and one of the stories was, uh, was going to be our case that they just got. And so I was all familiar with it, which was kind of cool. So I got to, you know, work for a lot of big companies and, uh, you know, do all sorts of interesting things. And, you know, even if I had been working for small companies or, you know, uh, it would have been interesting. It probably would have been interesting, you know, when they caught the guy that stabbed the woman with the angels <laughs> to sue his family or something. You know, it's just, there's, there's just um, all sorts of, you know, interesting jobs you can do and, uh, you know, and, and cases and companies and things that you can be exposed to if you track it down. And so, you know, it's, it's kind of whatever you're interested in, you can do. Yeah. And to that point, you know, you can really make some profound changes to society. I mean, at the risk of kind of overstating things. I mean, there is an incredible power that comes along with being a lawyer as well. And you can really kind of shape society to a certain degree. You can, I mean, you can change laws, you can, uh, you know, prevent, you know, bad things from happening like trafficking, or you can change laws about, you know, discrimination and diversity and, um, you know, environmental related things. And, um, and you can do it the way you want. I mean, you can take, you can take both sides of an issue, you know, you can do one side of the issue or the other side of the issue. So uh, there's very few professions where you can do that. I mean, you know, so you're, you're doing kind of important things that require, that have a lot of substance and, and kind of keep society going forward and in a positive way, which is really cool. And the other aspect to that as well um, about doing interesting things is, is you're, you're working with a lot of smart people as well, um, maybe some of the smartest people uh, in the country. Uh, and that's, that's incredibly challenging and it really keeps you, I think, motivated and interested in the work, right? Yeah, I mean, you know, there, I mean, like anything, I mean, there's in, in the legal profession, I mean, there's, there's um, you know, smart people and not smart people. And, uh, you know, I mean, not every attorney is smart, but... You know, but the, but the nice thing is, is that, you know, even if you're not a smart attorney, um, you're going to be coming up against smart attorneys. <laughs> so uh, it's you're always going to be developing and learning how to get smarter. And uh, it's, it's really going to keep you keep you on your feet. I mean, practicing law for the most part, uh, especially if you're doing it 
as a, as a profession um, is about, you know, uh, being smart and, and coming up with ideas that other people aren't thinking about, which is, is really cool. And, uh, you know, and then, you know, and smart people are attracted to it. I mean, it's, you know, uh, it's the kind of thing where you're thinking about issues and so forth all day, which people really enjoy. The other thing, too, about working as an attorney is that it's a very broad industry. And you can, you know, even depending on what you focused on in school, you, you can really later on focus on the kinds of work that you're interested in, right? You can really uh, narrow in and, and find an aspect of the industry that uh, that, you, that you're particularly suited to, um, which is kind of rare, you know, when you compare it to other professions out there. Yeah, I think one of the things that a lot of times that attorneys don't realize is that you know, uh, and, and even um, potential, you know, potential attorneys, like people thinking about going to law school is, you know, law, law schools admit people from all sorts of backgrounds. I mean, they'll admit people that, you know, studied literally like physical education or fashion, or they'll admit people that studied, you know, math and science and, uh, or, or, you know, liberal arts or, you know, art or, you know, just anything. Uh, because really there's, there's a place for everyone in the legal profession. So, you know, if you're very interested in math and science, I mean, you can be a patent attorney, you can do all sorts of uh, math and science related things where you're actually, you know, doing science and, uh, you know, sophisticated cutting edge science and reviewing things every day. Or if you really enjoy writing and arguing, you know, you can do litigation. Or if you enjoy uh, business, you know, you can do corporate law. And, and do. so there's the, you know, you can, you can really, you know, whatever your interest is, and everyone's kind of drawn naturally to certain types of things. I mean, whatever your interest is, you can, you can really, um, you know, kind of take advantage of it and, and the practice a lot. And that, and that is something that uh, a lot of people don't realize. I mean, the perception of an attorney is someone that goes to court, but, you know, that's just very, very rare. I mean, even people that do litigation, most of them don't go to court. I mean, there's partners in, you know, major, you know, 500 person plus law firms that, you know, um, have never done trials. Uh, you know, as a matter of fact, you know, probably the majority of partners with less than 10 years of experience in major law firms haven't done trials. So that's really not what the job is. And the larger the, the larger the client, typically the, the less likely you are to have a trial. So, you know, if you work in a small town or something and, you know, and you're working for small clients, so yes, you may be doing lots of trials. Or if you work for the government and, you know, or a prosecutor or something, you may do trials. But for the most part, I mean, the, the profession is not about doing trials and it's not about what people think about. And there's so many different practice areas. Like if you like real estate, there's real estate attorneys. If you, if you enjoy accounting, there's tax attorneys. If you enjoy, you know, so anything you can possibly think of, uh, that you enjoy and that you're drawn to naturally, like in terms of the subject matter in school and so forth, there's probably something very close to it in you know, the practice of law. There's, there's sports law, there's you know, entertainment law, there's <laughs> just all sorts of different types of things you can do, So it's, which is really cool. And I wonder if that's why you often see attorneys working well past the typical retirement age, um, well past 65, uh, into their 80s, even into their 90s, even. It seems that um, once you find that area that you really love, you can do it for you know, most of your life, really. You can. I mean, I, I remember uh, I had a, hired a family law attorney back in uh, a long time ago, like in 2000. But I mean, he'd been, uh, you know, he was in his 90s. I mean, you know, it's, uh, you know, and it was kind of fun going to his office because it was like stepping back in time. <laughs> like the 1940s, you know, you'd see this furniture that just, 
just didn't even, you just can't even kick it up anymore. Yeah, so I mean, they can work a long time. And, uh, and just because it's your mind, it's not like, you know, being a contractor or something or being a salesperson, you know, where you have to get out there and have a lot of energy and, you know, convince people of stuff. Like there's just all these different practice here. It's like, as long as your mind is, um, you know, stable, I mean, most of what you're doing is behind a desk and talking to people. So, you know, your mind doesn't, you know, as long as you keep your mind going, you'll, you'll be fine. And, you know, I mean, you literally, I've heard of attorneys practicing, you know, they're over 100 years old. So, uh, so that's pretty cool. I mean, it, it just means, and the thing about it is, is, you know, the, the attorneys that are practicing like into their 80s or 90s, I, I actually was fairly close with an attorney that recently just died and he was in his late 70s and, um, and a friend of mine and, um, you know, he was just, um, you know, he loved it, you know, so, you know, you just, it, the, the thing about work is a lot of times people are looking forward to retirement and so forth, but I think a lot of attorneys, they live a long time. Uh, the ones that learn, you know, get in the practice area and so forth. And, and most of the time they're not working for giant firms because a giant firm is kind of more like a machine that just kind of grinds along. And, you know, the second you can't give it, you know, a couple thousand hours a year and, and you know, you're not billing as what they want, then it doesn't work. But if you have a small practice or you're working for a small firm, I mean, you can really work most of your life. And, What's, what's, what's um, interesting about it is, you know, I think that it's, you know, it gives you the chance to be around people and it gives you the chance to, you know, feel like you're still contributing to society and it gives you the chance to, to do all these things that, you know, people that retire a lot of times and don't do anything don't necessarily have and they die earlier. So, you know, while being an attorney, uh, if you work too hard and, uh, you know, abuse substances and so forth and, and burn yourself out and don't know, know how to say no and have bad habits when you're young uh, can really hurt you. Um, if you learn how to control things and you kind of fall into the right side of the profession, then you can really have a long-term career and keep you alive a lot longer. You know, before we were talking about the ability to, you know, make really a good living and even get quite rich working as an attorney, but um, there's also, I guess, the potential to become kind of famous as well. I think specifically in the last uh, couple months, we've seen, you know, former lawyers and current lawyers like Alan Dershowitz, for example, headline news. Is there a more famous lawyer in the country right now than Alan Dershowitz? Maybe for good and bad reasons, but there's plenty of examples of this in, in, in the United States, isn't there, of people that were once lawyers or current lawyers that have become incredibly famous. Yeah, I mean, there's all sorts of very famous attorneys, uh, you know, and um, you know, and I, I think uh, one of the reasons they can become famous is just because they, you know, a lot of them are in the, uh, you know, the, the public limelight. They're just, uh, you know, they, they, they get out in the public. And I, I think, you know, they, and they can become famous for doing things other than being an attorney. So, you know, uh, you know, a lot of times, you know, they, the, the practice of law, like, teaches you to be very articulate and to learn to speak well. It teaches some attorneys how to network, um, and, and a lot of them are just kind of naturally ambitious. And so, you know, they, they tend to rise to the top of whatever they do. But, you know, going to law school, being an attorney in a firm or wherever, I mean, teaches perseverance and all these kinds of things um, that you need uh, in order to be very successful. So I think that, you know, it, it does offer the opportunity to become famous, and a lot of them do become famous if that's what they want. Uh, you know, and some of them become famous without even wanting to become famous. 
Yeah, or become famous, not even necessarily for being a lawyer. Like I think of like, you know, some famous ex-lawyers like John Gresham, for example, has become maybe the best, one of the best-selling authors in the United States. Uh, you know, the other other kinds of, um, you know, media personalities, et cetera, that all come from a legal background. It's, it's this kind of wonderful um, jumping off point for a lot of people, isn't it? It is, yeah. Let's talk a little bit more about... Uh, you know, having the opportunity to get paid uh, for writing as well. Uh, you often see attorneys have to write a lot in the profession, and that skill set um, allows them to get many other opportunities going forward. Can you talk about, like, the writing opportunities that law provides? Well, one of the things just in general, uh, you know, that law provides is, you know, one something that I noticed is when I was in um, – you know, school, like I used to like to write these academic papers about, you know, various things. And I mean, you know, and, uh, you know, or, you know, kind of opinion pieces in class and so forth. And, you know, and that's a lot of what a, a, a professor does, yeah, whether or not they're a law professor or just a professor in a, you know, regular uh, non-law profession, they, they write papers and they're expected to publish and so forth. And it doesn't, you typically don't make very much money. I mean, I've been a law professor before and I've, um, you know, I did it uh, part-time when I was practicing, but, you know, the law professors, you know, some of them actually make fairly good livings, but, you know, the opportunity to, to get paid like lots of money, I mean, you can make, you know, writing legal briefs if you're very good at it and can become a partner in a major firm. I mean, you can make well into the six figures or hundreds of thousands of dollars a year, or if you're very good at it and practice at some of the biggest firms in the country, I mean, you can literally, based on your writing skills, be paid millions of dollars a year. And, and more than, um, you know, even a best-selling author, if you take how much you can make every year. So you can make a lot of money writing as an attorney, uh, you know. And then uh, even, uh, you know, a lot of lawyers, you know, are just very good writers in general. I mean, uh, you know, I sold uh, a house once that I lived into a guy that wrote the screenplay for Con Air and some other things. He was married to um, a famous uh, woman producer. I forget her name. But, you know, you can, you, you can make a lot of money writing. You can make a lot of money uh, that someone with good writing skills and persuasive writing skills wouldn't make in a lot of other careers. It's just something to think about. I mean, if you want to, you know, like write papers about psychology or whatever, you know, you can do that and become a professor or you can write for a newspaper or something. But the, the writing skills of an attorney is, is probably the, some of the highest paid writing there is. I mean, you know, you can come out of school and, get paid, you know, right now, you know, a couple hundred thousand dollars a year, uh, you know, doing some writing for a law firm, which is pretty cool. Yeah, there's something about the transferability of the skills of being an attorney, isn't there? Like you don't have to, you think about some other professions, like uh, if you're an electrical engineer, you're kind of stuck being an electrical engineer. I don't know how transferable those skills are, but there's something about being an attorney that you learn a whole skill set that uh, you can go into all kinds of dis different disciplines um, from, you know, business to politics. Yeah. I mean, one of the things that's interesting about being an attorney, I think, is that you know, you, uh, and you do have transferable skills and, you know, anybody that's ever thinking about going to law school and spending a few years practicing, you know, one of the things that I recommended of it is, you know, when you get out in the world, you realize that everyone's just kind of BSing each other all day long. They're, they're BSing each other about how <laughs> it's true about how much something costs or about this and why this works about what how this was done or that wasn't done. And, um, you know, so one of the real nice things about being an attorney is it allows you to to see through a lot of things that people are saying and realize that they're not true and 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 then and just kind of cut to the heart of things that matter. So 
you know, anytime someone says something, there's always going to be like five or six things, you know, or not always, but often there'll be five or six things that have nothing really to do with what the point of what they're saying is. And so when you understand the point of what people are saying and what, you know, things really mean, you know, it enables you to focus and it does give you um, good transferable skills. And I think just the resilience of being an attorney, uh, you know, because you're always, you know, being cut down and having your arguments cut down and learning ways to kind of rise up and come up with new arguments. I mean, uh, you know, in ways of thinking that's very good for, for entrepreneurship. It's very good for sales. Uh, it's very good for, you know, things where you continually get rejected, like writing. It's good for, you know, business. I mean, it's just, there's so many good skills from it. It's just a different way of thinking. And that gives you a lot of skills, I think, which I like. You know, when you talked about how lawyers often, you know, just BS each other all day long, a lot of people love that. A lot of people love to argue. And I mean, I can't think of a better profession to get into if you're a big fan of arguing. Yeah, I mean, I certainly, um, I think it's uh, a a little bit stressful uh, arguing all the time uh, and people that have to argue all the time because it just... You know, and that's what they do, though. I mean, that's, you know, the profession of law is like one argument. It's just people lobbying arguments back and forth. And, you know, if you're an attorney, uh, you know, you may have 20 of these arguments going on with one people at, at all times. I mean, it would, you know, I, I mean, I know lots of attorneys that have had heart attacks. It's just very stressful. I mean, you know, I can't, I can't do it. But certain people that are, you know, wired for arguing and like it, I mean, they, they, get, they get empowered from it. They get empowered every time they win an argument and it puts them on a high or if they lose an argument then they get empowered to win the next one and so that's what attorneys do i mean they you know and uh, they do it in in almost everything and but one of the things i would say that's kind of interesting is the very best attorneys like sometimes they they're able to carry themselves even the best litigators in such a way that there's just you know, the arguments that they do make and that they do defend, I mean, they just have a real way about them where it doesn't stress them out. So, you know, the more you learn how to do something, the more subtle things get. And so I'm just thinking back and, you know, some of the most powerful, uh, you know, partners and so forth that I know, they're, they're just very, um, you know, the arguments, they, they've learned how to, you know, kind of contain it and, uh, you know, respond to things in a, in a healthy way, I guess, if that makes sense. Yeah, it does. And I think, too, about the, the, the people that really uh, enjoy arguing, it's a similar kind of personality as those that really enjoy selling, that are like natural-born salesmen. And I guess there is sort of a, there's an element of being a salesman and being a lawyer, isn't there? Oh, yeah, definitely. I mean, um, you know, it's like, it is sales. I mean, and, and it's really the highest form of sales. And that's, you know, when you talk about the income that an attorney makes and the best attorneys make, I mean, that's really wise because there's so many different skill sets involved. I mean, you know, your average salesman can't write, you know, but uh, a lawyer has to be able to write. Your average salesman, uh, you know, may have a big smile and uh, be very personable, but, you know, they, they don't necessarily you know stuff that an attorney has. But the, the thing that's interesting about um, the, the sales that an attorney does is, I mean, they have all these different types of people to sell. You know, they have to sell to the judge. They have to sell to other attorneys in their firm sometimes. They have to sell to the client. They have to, you know, they, they have to sell to the opposing side. They have all these people they have to sell. And, um, and that's a very, very highly developed form of salesmanship because, you know, to be able to get things through and, uh, you know, get, get your side heard and win uh, is, 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 very, is a very um, 
major skill. It's just not something that uh, most people have. And, and so if you like sales, I mean, if you enjoy, you know, getting people to buy things or to getting people to, to buy your point of view, I mean, that is, that is a lot of what sales is. And then the final thing is, is that, you know, to be a successful attorney, you generally need to be able to bring in clients. And so that's another form of sales. So not only do you need to sell the other side and whatever your client believes, but you need to sell a client on using your service because there's always going to be competitors. So why are you the best? Or why, why should someone use you? Why should someone use your firm and you? Why should um, somebody trust you? And so there's all these questions and so forth that make it really, you know, um, a very highly developed form of sales. No, maybe a good way to wrap up this conversation is by talking a little bit about maybe some of the lawyers, attorneys that are listening to us right now that have become a bit disaffected with the entire industry. I'm sure you have to deal with this often uh, at BCG Attorney Search. Uh, give them some, uh, I mean, obviously the whole, the whole podcast has been about giving people some, uh, some advice to focus on the positives, but how would you give them a bit of a pep talk if they're feeling kind of worn out by the industry um, to try to focus their mind on, on the good stuff about being an attorney? I think that's a, a really, really good question. Um, you know, and, and my, my personal feeling is that, you know, the negatives of being an attorney really have more to do with the practice setting that the attorney is in rather than necessarily being an attorney. So because attorneys enjoy their jobs all over the country, you know, I think that, uh, you know, one of the things, I mean, there's, there's different types of things that uh, the people, you know, get, get um, you know, uh, you know, satisfaction and happiness from. Um, but one of the things I think that is very important, there's, there's a couple different things. One of them is uh, the feeling of significance. And so, you know, in a, in a law firm, especially in a large law firm, like people do not feel significant a lot of times. I mean, there, there's all these attorneys above them. Uh, you know, they, they, they feel like they're never going to be able to succeed. There's people around them that may do better work. There's, it's just, it can be a very, uh, difficult place. And then the other thing that people want is like a sense of connection. And so, you know, attorneys don't feel a lot of times a sense of connection. They feel that they're um, constantly being, you know, uh, you know, disconnected from people and that people are adverse to them. So they're alone and they have to, you know, control things. And then, you know, so there's connection and there's, you know, significance. And then there's, you know, the, the ability can, is there any upward potential in their careers? And so they don't feel that. So there's just, there's all these things that people feel. And, and so the, the point is, is that the problem a lot of times is your practice, your practice setting. So your practice setting could be, uh, you know, that you're in a large law firm and that doesn't make you feel significant or the that you could be in not in a large law firm and that doesn't make you feel significant. So one of the things that I would say, and this is kind of like a, a Zen like approach, but uh, it, it really is a, an important thing is, you know, if, if you're unhappy, um, you know, you need to, to think, you know, that, you know, just kind of separate yourself from it and just think, you know, what, you know, what kind of practice setting would make me happy? And don't, don't worry about, you know, what would other people think of me if I work for the government? Or what would other people think of me, you know, if I did this or that? Or what would other people think of me if I did such and such? Because, you know, ultimately, you know, you have to do, uh, what makes you happy. And, you know, I, I'm in a practice setting, like doing attorney placement that, that makes me happy. And, uh, and, and I really enjoy it. And I certainly, before I did this, went through the thought process of, well, 
if I'm not an attorney, what will people think? Isn't that a bad decision? Aren't I embarrassed? But you know what? You have to do what makes you happy because you, you can't worry about impressing other people. And the, the practice setting just makes a huge different difference. And the thing that I thought, you know, just said earlier in this, this podcast that I thought was kind of interesting is, you know, like here's this, you know, you could work in a, in a small market of California and you could make a quarter million dollars a year, which is probably more like making, you know, 500,000 working in LA or something and, um, and, and actually help people and, and run a small practice. And, and yet um, no one ever wants to do that. I mean, even if you put ads out in the paper, and, yeah, I mean, not in the paper, but I mean, if I, you know, advertise these jobs online and try to get people interested and everybody thinks, Oh, I have to be in a big city. I have to do that. And I wonder because, you know, a lot of these people in the big cities just talk about how unhappy they are and, you know, and, um, you know, all these attorneys, I mean, they just volunteer that they're upset and taking antidepressants. And I've seen so many people die, you know, um, young ages and so forth. And so I think a lot of the problem is, you know, we're, we're, we view ourselves through uh, other people's, um, you know, uh, lenses of, you know, what, what, what should we, you know, what looks good or what, you know, and, and that sort of thing. And I just, I'm not sure that that's the way to think about it. And I think, you know, if you're in the wrong practice setting, that can make a huge deal. Like the thing about practice settings is interesting to me. It's like certain people are, are very good at uh, math and certain people are very good at science and certain people are very good at, uh, you know, uh, things related to, um, you know, reading and writing. And a lot of times, you know, people that are good at math and science typically belong in corporate law, real estate, uh, you know, patent law, things like that. And people that are good at reading and writing belong to things like, um, you know, litigation or labor and employment law or, you know, things, things where you get to make use of, arguing or writing. So a lot of times people will go uh, into the wrong practice area and they'll, they'll do that because, um, you know, they think, oh, you know, I need to be powerful and be involved in business or I need to do this or that. And it's just, I think that's one of the ways that people get in trouble. But I, I do think there's a place for everyone in the practice law. I just think you need to find, you know, the right practice setting. And one of the things I would say too, that's interesting to me is, I mean, most academics, like people that teach in law school, I mean, uh, almost all of them that I've met would be horrible law firm lawyers. I mean, they would just get eaten alive because of the way they think. And they're just too, you know, kind of loosey goosey with their thinking. So they're in the wrong practice set. They should be law professors and they're very good at that. And they can, you know, help people develop and they're coming up with new ideas and doing all sorts of good things or, you know, attorneys that are, um, you know, working for public interest organizations would oftentimes be, you know, very unhappy inside of law firms or, you know, attorneys that are in the U.S. Attorney's Office, you know, would be very unhappy, uh, you know, probably working inside of a, a, a law school and vice versa. So you just, you have to find the right practice setting. And so just because you're unhappy, like practicing law, or, you know, you shouldn't take that as like, you should be an attorney. Uh, of course you should. You should just be in something different. Because I think if there's any point I made in this, you know, this podcast, uh, that it's that, you know, you need to um, do what makes you happy. And there's all sorts of things in the practice of law that can make you happy, like all sorts of practice settings and practice areas and uh, people and large and small, you know, markets and in-house or law firms. And you just need to be um, in the right practice setting. Harrison, that's a great place to end it. Thanks for making time for me. Thank you. Bye. 
That's all the time we have for this edition of Lawyers Rising. My thanks to Harrison Barnes. If you're an attorney looking for change, go to bcgsearch.com.